Jesus, thank you so much for your infinite love, your, your never-ending love. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for the work that you're doing in our city, and, and more than that, the, the work you're doing in our hearts. You're, you're changing us and making us into your children who walk by faith. And Lord, I pray that we would grow in walking by faith. Lord, I pray that we would um, make leaps and bounds in every area of our heart that, that trusts in itself, Lord, I pray that you would expose it. And Lord, that we would trust you completely. And, and Lord, we want to be um, renewed day by day by your Holy Spirit. And we pray uh, that you would touch us tonight. You would help us. You would bring healing and blessing to us because we're your children and we love gathering with uh, our brothers and sisters for your name and your glory. And we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've been looking at the book of 1 John, and, and today this is called Walking in the Light, Getting Out the Door. Getting Out the Door. All right? So let's read our, our verses first. It's uh, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. If, any, if, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Well, so far, we have uh, learned, as we've looked at the book of 1 John for a couple weeks now, that we have been invited into a deep relationship with God and with God's people where we can actually have joy, this, this joyful relationship with God and his people. And last week, uh, we saw that walking in the light is the first step to having this joyful relationship. And we saw the results of walking in the light, what those would be. Number one, that we would have a connection with other believers, that they would actually become like your family. You'd be part of this big family of God's children. And then number two, that our sin was washed away by the blood of Jesus. Our sin washed away by the blood of Jesus. In other words, we can live in this family without all the terrible consequences of sin ruining all our relationships, which is great which is great. It's nice to be in a family. That's what's going to happen if we make the decision and live a life of walking in the light. So today we're going to start to learn how we walk in the light, how to walk in the light. So I want you to picture the first half of the book of John. We already know the first half is called walking in the light and the second half of the book is called walking in true love. Jeez, I, that was weird. I, total brain fade. Walking in the light is the first half. Walking in love is the second half. So the, uh, the first half, I want you to picture it as, going, as John teaching you how to go on a walk with Jesus each day. Just like, do you get to take your dog for a walk each day? No. Your cat? No. You do. Okay. We have one faithful dog owner here. Oh, Jeremy, you walk your dog every day, but you inherited that dog. You didn't choose it. You chose the girl that came with the dog. So that's a consolation prize. <laughs> Romeo is a consolation prize. Okay. Well, walking with Jesus 
daily is, is a big part. It's, it's kind of how we describe having this deep, personal, intimate relationship is, is going on a walk with Jesus daily. And today we're learning how to get out the door each day. The hardest part of going on a walk or walking your dog is getting the gumption to get out the door, right? Because you're like, oh, you, she would be fine today without a walk. But once you get out the door, you're basically like committed to the finish the walk, right? Well, well, today we're going to learn how to get out the door with Jesus, how to walk in light. Today we're going to learn how to take that first step that we need to take each day. Um, God is, is perfect and holy, and he cannot look at sin, and he cannot hang out with sinners. He has no fellowship with sin. But we are called to have fellowship with God with this perfect God, and God makes a way for that to happen through Jesus Christ every day. How can we do this? Well, it's not by ourselves, and it's not by our efforts, and it's not by our dedication or performance that that this walk is going to happen every day. It's only by Jesus and only by faith in Jesus. And what we need to do is we must enter in or, or, or grab hold of this faith each and every day, we, mean, we need to make it real and we need to make it personal. Uh, we, we have a natural tendency, uh, all of us, to forget who we are or to forget how much of sinners we are. Uh, we, we just forget sometimes that God is super holy. He can't look at sin. And then, then we forget how much of sinners we are. We are empty and bankrupt of spiritual life. We're like a well that runs dry continually. And we hate that truth. And we, we honestly, we run away as soon as we can. We don't always feel like we're sinners. But the truth doesn't change that we are sinners and and we are spiritually bankrupt. That, that truth doesn't change. We have no source of life or light in and of ourselves. We must receive life and light daily from the Lord. It's a, transa- it's, a, it's a part of this relationship. And so the first step every day to remember is that we are to deal with our sin. Now, our sin is gross, it's disgusting, it's wrong, it's offensive to God and to us, honestly. We don't like looking at our, our mistakes and our sin, but Jesus calls us to get into it every day. It's like taking a shower. If you don't, the gunk starts to smell, right? You don't take a shower, I don't know what it is, but it builds up, and I have six boys who aren't faithful always at taking showers. And I have this picture in my mind and in my nose of what sin is like to God. Repulsive. That's what I would call my children. No, just kidding. (laughs) When they don't shower, though, it can be quite, you know, my wife, God bless her, she's like, I live in a house of six boys who just smell like teenage boys and it's awful. So what we have to do spiritually each day is, is take a shower, begin this relationship with the Lord by dealing with our sin. And, and right here we're going to learn 
that, about the presence of sin, the confession of sin, and the cleansing from sin. That's kind of what we see here. So again, our text says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We are sinners and we need the cleansing power of Jesus every day. When we deny that we have this need, we live in pride. And we don't understand the need, that, the truth that we need Jesus more than we could ever imagine. We need him more than we needed him yesterday. But acknowledging our need for the Lord, that's called humility. It's not running from or ignoring your need of, for God, but running to God to meet your need. There is a running involved, but it's where you're running that, that determines whether it's pride-based or humility-based running. Well, then he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what is confession? What do you guys think? Give me an answer. Fessing up. That's a good one. Not hiding it. That's a good one. Confession. Being honest, okay? If anyone grew up in, in certain religions, you might have a, a really strong image in your mind of a, of a room with a creepy door and a creepy thing where someone's on the other side and you tell a person all your mistakes and deepest, darkest, darkest things. Okay, so biblically, confession means to say the same thing or, or to agree with God. That's what confession means. Now, we're going we're gonna to look in the book of Luke real fast to just see the, the, a great picture. In Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 14, Jesus gives a great story that helps us understand what God is really after with this whole thing, this whole idea of confession. Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Oh, we'll start in verse 9. And he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, Thank God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all my possessions. And then the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you the truth, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So the tax collector, he agreed with God about who he was. The tax collector was greedy. The tax collector was a sinner. The tax collector uh, was an extortioner. He, he was a bad guy. But he came to the Lord to deal with God. And in his dealing with God, all he did was admit who he was. God, I'm a sinner. He made no excuses. The, the tax collector didn't bring up all of his good actions 
his good works into the equation. He, it was just simple humility. He brought his need to God and God met his need. Jesus says, he went away justified, right in God's presence, God's sight. The guy who brought up his performance, the guy who looked at other people, the guy who didn't confess his sin, but just ignored his sin, just ignored the fact that he was a sinner, that guy did not leave God's sight justified. So that's a, that parable gives us the heart God's looking for. He's not looking for perfection, and he's not looking for righteousness out of you. He wants to give righteousness to you. And he says for this transaction to take place of him giving righteousness to you, both practically and in standing, he wants to give all your righteousness to you. He says, what I require of you is humility. Confess your sin. And then the word confess here, back in 1 John, confess your sins to the Lord, is in the present tense. it's, um, It's not just done when we first come to know the Lord. Yes, we confess we're a sinner. We come and realize and ask him for his forgiveness, but it's a continual bringing your need to God daily, confessing who you are without him. It's always in the present tense. When should I be humble? Always. Anytime it's present tense. Are, you, uh, is, are we in present tense right now? Yes, then you should be humble. I love, <laughs> never mind. I was going to tell a joke about present tense and camping, but anyway. Our sins are not forgiven because we confess. That is true. Your sins are forgiven by Jesus Christ when you have faith in him, when you put your trust in him. Confession does not equal forgiveness of sins. You don't have to confess every sin you've ever committed in order to be saved. That would be works. That would be works. The thief on the cross would be in big trouble. And and people get really stressed out about this. I know confession's really important. And if maybe if I don't confess everything, I'm not saved. It's it's a big deal that's out there. And we have to remember, theologically, we're saved by Jesus Christ when we have faith in him. That's where the moments... Now, 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 now. But it is vital to maintaining and fostering relationship with with God and with his grace. God will and has forgiven you by faith in Jesus alone, but his Holy Spirit will convict us of anything that is hindering the relationship he wants to have with us. He wants us to experience his life and his love every moment of the day. And that's what John is writing here. He's inviting us this invitation to deep relationship and and it's walking in the light and it's every day he wants it. And so conviction of the Holy Spirit is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. It means God desires you. God, God is drawing you near and he wants to bless you. And so walking in the light or taking a walk with God is awesome. It's awesome. And I'm, 
here's the real cool thing, is I am truly afraid of loneliness. And you are too. Maybe you're that big tough guy that says, I, don't, I like being alone, I hate people. Rah, 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 rah. No, you're, you're afraid of being alone too. It's just the truth. We're created as dependent creatures and we're created for relationship. I go on walks alone sometimes, but only to talk over things with my father. Because I, I believe that he's walking with me and he hears me even though I don't see anything. Even though I don't hear any responses, I believe and that faith sets me free and it's amazing. It's the best thing in my life. Apart from God it, it, it is, is what hell is. That loneliness, you have a deep-seated fear of that, that God has put inside you. It's a good thing. You hate being alone. And being alone is what hell is. It's darkness. You're, a, you're separated from God and anyone else that really cares about you. So we all have this deep spiritual fear of being alone. And that's fine and it's good because God is inviting us to walk with him. So the question, do I take it for granted? Do I take it for granted that God wants to walk with me every day? That God is willing to go on a walk with me every day? That God has given me instructions and the first step is to confess my sin to the Lord, be washed clean. Do I take it for granted that it's such an easy road that God asks me to walk? Yes, you must surrender all and be humble. But that's not that bad. It's not like God is asking you to go climb a mountain and talk to a monk that's thousands of miles away. If he did, would you do it? Yes. But he simply asks for humility. He says, come, confess, take that first step, confess your sin, and he will respond and he will be there because it says here that when you confess your sin, he is faithful and just. And in your Bibles, that should be highlighted and starred those two words, faithful and just. That means if you confess your sins to the Lord and say, God, I need you, he will always meet your need every step of the way. In fact, look at it from the other side, the opposite side. If he didn't meet your needs, if he didn't forgive you when you confess your sin, he would be unfaithful and unjust. Now, is that possible for God to be unfaithful and unjust? No. And so we have to stand on this, that this is his character. I don't care what sin you've done. Confess it to the Lord and he will forgive you. And this is the message we carry out to the world. This is what we share with people. We give them the confidence that God promises to forgive you. If you confess your sin to him, call upon him, believe what he did on the cross so that it was for you. It's simple. It's the gospel. And that's our encouragement for today from 1 John.